In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. So sorry we had some technical issues, but thank God it's working now. Um, <coughs> so today will be the last day that we study in the book of Second Kings. Um, we went through all of First Kings, and now we've gone through all of Second Kings. Um, chapters, uh, I think, 24 and 25 is what we are covering today, the last two chapters. Um, so if anyone was here last time, can you kind of r r remind us all what it is that we covered last time? There was a king named Josiah, Kay. and he was a really good king. He cleaned out um, all of the temples from the things that were not godly. Um, he also had the people learn the law as well, not just, I guess, the priests or him, but everyone. He wanted everyone to know the law because they found the book. That was the time when they found the book, right. the law. Good. And, and prior to Josiah's reign, so Josiah became king when he was eight years old, prior to, prior to Josiah's reign was the reign of Manasseh and Ammon. And both of them together, their reign was, I believe, 77 years or 76, 77 years. Um, and they were both uh, horrible kings. So by the time of King Josiah, um, like not no one in Israel, no one in Judah was aware of what is God's command. Even Josiah didn't know. So when they found the book of the law in the temple, um, Josiah, he tore his clothes. He was so upset because all of this time they hadn't been following the God's command. Um, and then he began to undertake, um, you know, establishing everything the way that God wanted it to be. Um, after uh, Josiah was his son, Jehoahaz, um, who only reigned for three months and then was taken prisoner in Egypt. And Jehoiakim, after him, he became a vassal king, meaning he was kind of like a puppet being controlled by Pharaoh in Egypt, though he was technically the king in, in Judah, but he was just collecting taxes and sending it to Egypt. Um, so we're kind of at the, the, the phase now. So God had told Josiah that because he was good, all of the calamities that are going to happen to Judah, which is the exile, where they will be exiled to Babylon, all of those things are going to happen after his death because he did good and his heart was with God. So as you start to see after the death of Josiah, all of the things that are going to happen that lead up to the, the, the Babylonian exile are starting to happen, okay? And other nations are starting to control Judah um, and vying for control of Judah. So at this point, as far as we've gotten, um, Jehoiakim is the king, and Jehoiakim uh, is uh, just working for Pharaoh, essentially, for or working for the Egyptians. Um, okay, chapter 24. In his days, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon came up, and Jehoiakim became his vassal for three years. Then he turned and rebelled against him. Okay, so this is what I have mentioned. Nebuchadnezzar is the king of Babylon. He's the one who's going to conquer uh, Judah and bring the people into exile, into captivity. Um, and Jehoiakim became his vassal for three years, and then he rebelled. So he, he was for a time under Babylon, and then he went after Egypt because they were seeking military help from Egypt to help them repel the attack um, by the Babylonians. So um, prior to this, Assyria was like the major world power. And we see Assyria as the one who conquered the northern kingdom of Israel, whereas now Babylon had become the new world power after the collapse of, of Assyria. Assyria collapsed in the year 612 BC. Remember the, the, the uh, captivity of the northern kingdom um, was in 722 BC. 
Now the collapse of Assyria happened about 100 years later, okay, uh, in 612 BC, and the Babylonians rose to power and, and conquered many of the places that were originally under the Assyrian rule, okay? According to the prophet Jeremiah, because um, we read in the, in the book of Jeremiah, that this was the, the, pro the prophecy was in parallel to the events that are happening now, that we're reading about now. So there's a lot of perils and things you can kind of see a different perspective of what's happening when you read in the book of Jeremiah. According to Jeremiah, um, the fourth year of the reign of Jehoiakim was the first year of that of Nebuchadnezzar as the king of Babylon. Um, in 605 BC, Babylon prevails against Egypt and took all that all the land that belonged to Egypt from the Euphrates to Egypt. So essentially the Babylonians conquered Egypt. So the, 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 the help that the Israelites were seeking from Egypt, they could no longer seek it because now the Babylonians had conquered them. And the Egyptians were driven out by Israel and the Babylonians took over Judah. And the invasion of uh, Judah by the Babylonians happened in three phases. There were three invasions. Um, uh, of Babylon to, to, uh, to Judah. The first invasion is where Daniel the prophet was taken to Babylon. So we know Daniel the prophet, famous prophet. Uh, he wrote a whole book. Uh, and, and he was taken uh, to exile in Babylon during the first of the three invasions. Okay, The second invasion was in 597. And then the third and final invasion was in 586 where the entire country now had been taken captive um, so and as i said jehoiakim began as a vassal king to egypt when egypt still was self-ruling but then became a vassal king to the babylonians after babylon took over egypt and the lord sent against him raiding bands of chaldeans bands of syrians bands of moabites and bands of the people of ammon he sent them against Judah to destroy it, according to the word of the Lord, which he had spoken by his servants, the prophets. Okay, so uh, the the Assyrians, okay, as I said before, the Assyrians were the ones in power before the Babylonians. There was a man named Nabopolassar. Um, he is the one who founded the Babylonian Empire as a rebellion to liberate Babylon from Assyria. So Babylon uh, was part of Assyria conquered by Assyria. This man, Nabopolassar, was like the leader of an uprising uh, to conquer uh, and to overthrow the Assyrians. And this all happened during the time of the reign of King Josiah. Okay, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar, who's technically his name is Nebuchadnezzar II, he was the son of Nabopolassar, and he became king after the death of Nabopolassar in 605 BC. So this is where we see Nebuchadnezzar come on the scene. Um, and the reason he's called Nebuchadnezzar II uh, is likely because there was another man named Nebuchadnezzar who was like an ancient warrior king um, hundreds of years before in the year 1125 BC. So um, also in the like the Babylonian tradition and heritage. So they called him Nebuchadnezzar II, not because his father was Nebuchadnezzar or his father was Nabopolassar, um, but Nebuchadnezzar II is the son of Nabopolassar who became like um, the king at the time now that we are talking about when the captivity of, of Judah is happening. So Jehoiakim, the king of Judah, submitted to Nabopolassar, the king of Babylon, for three years, and then he rebelled against him. He rebelled against him during the time of Nebuchadnezzar, when Nebuchadnezzar now had been king, in the fourth year of his reign, which was the first year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar. So, so in, the, in the time when, when there was a switch of power that happened between Nabopolassar and Nebuchadnezzar, 
This is when Jehoiakim, the king of Judah, chose to rebel against Babylon. Okay. Um, then, being preoccupied with other wars, um, the king, Nebuchadnezzar, he sent these bands of raiders on Judah who had a great hatred for them. So all of these other nations whom the Israelites historically had, had cast out, had conquered, had fought, that God had granted them victory over them, like the Moabites and the Ammonites and all of these, um, they had an animosity toward Judah. And so they were more than willing to go up and to fight against Judah um, at the word of the Babylonian king, Nebuchadnezzar. Um, Nebuchadnezzar himself then went after Jehoiakim, and actually he carried him captive to Babylon, the king, and then he, he sent him back to Jerusalem again. This is one of the things that happened to Jehoiakim. Um, however, on his way back to Jerusalem, he died, and he, he died like a very dishonorable death, uh, and it's actually prophesied about him, or it was said about him in, in Jeremiah, in Jeremiah chapter 22, verse 19. It says, he shall be buried with the burial of a donkey, dragged and cast out beyond the gates of Jerusalem. So this was a prophecy that Jeremiah the prophet had prophesied about the king Jehoiakim that later was fulfilled because the king was taken to Babylon as uh, like enslaved, taken as a prisoner to Babylon and then allowed to return but died along the way and his body was cast to the side. He was not given a proper burial at all um, just as Jeremiah the prophet had prophesied. Surely at the commandment of the Lord... This came upon Judah to remove them from his sight because of the sins of Manasseh according to all that he had done, and also because of the innocent blood that he had shed. For he had filled Jerusalem with innocent blood, which the Lord would not pardon. So we had discussed in more detail about the reign of Manasseh the king, who was the son of Hezekiah, and all the sins that he did, that he was the most evil king who reigned ever in the history of all of uh, Israel, of all, all of Judah. And so um, God was punishing the people as a result of the sin of Manasseh. All right, so he is reiterating here all of the calamity that is about to happen. And why is it happening? Because of the sins of Manasseh, because of everything that he did, and because the people did not repent. Now the rest of the acts of Jehoiakim and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Judah? So Jehoiakim rested with his fathers. Then Jehoiakim, his son, reigned in his place. And this is where we also have to be careful, because Jehoiakim and Jehoiakim sound very similar. Also, Jehoiakim has different names. As we have seen, um, different kings have multiple names, and when you read about them in different places in the scripture, they will be referred to by different names. So the other names that Jehoiakim has is Jeconiah or Koniah. Okay, so you might see that in different places. Okay, um, It's said actually about him in Jeremiah chapter 22. It says, As I live, says the Lord, though Koniah, the son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, were the signet on my right hand, yet I would pluck you off. Right? So he's referring to him as Kuniah, the son of Jehoiakim. But here he's referred to as Jehoiakim with an N. And the king of Egypt did not come out of his land anymore, for the king of Babylon had taken all that belonged to the king of Egypt from the brook of Egypt to the river Euphrates. Okay? The Egyptians, when, when the... Uh, when, when Judah came to, the, to Egypt and asking them for military help against the Babylonians, the Egyptians pretended to be the allies of Judah, right? And told them, yes, we will help you repel the attack of the Babylonians. But they were in no position to help because they themselves had been conquered by Babylon, 
right? So when when they went to Egypt, and Egypt is saying, yes, we will help you, but there was no way that they could help because they had already been conquered by um, by Babylon. Actually, and it says in Isaiah chapter 30, um, as a prophecy about what would happen, it says, for the Egyptians shall help in vain and to no purpose, meaning there is no, nothing that the Egyptians are going to be able to do. The message of all of the prophets to the people was the only way that you can escape the punishment of the exile is through repentance. Um, don't look to other nations. Don't look for military help. Don't look to like outsmart the enemy or to have a strong military against them. And as we had seen before in the time of Hezekiah, the only way that Hezekiah was able to defeat the attack of the Assyrians was because God, in this miraculous way, killed 185,000 people from the Assyrian army just on his own. Right? It wasn't any. There wasn't even a fight. There was. There wasn't. Uh, there wasn't going to be any kind of fight. The Assyrians were outmatching the 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 Israelites, and there was no way for them to defeat them. Um, during the time of Jeremiah, the Jewish leaders wanted to turn to Egypt, um, whereas Jeremiah kept telling them no, not to do so. And one of the reasons that the people hated Jeremiah is because he always prophesied what the people didn't want to hear. He told them. Um, don't go to the Egyptians. Only repentance is what will get us to be saved. He told them um, that we should not even resist the enemy because God has granted them victory over us. And so the people didn't want to hear what he had to say. Um, and, and he was rejected as a prophet. Jehoiakim was 18 years old when he became king. And he reigned in Jerusalem three months. His mother's name was Nehushta, the daughter of Elnathan of Jerusalem. And he did evil in the sight of the Lord according to all that his father had done. So just as Jehoiakim, his father was evil, so Jehoiakim also um, was evil. And he only reigned um, three months and was taken to captive to Babylon, and he never returned. Okay, so Jehoiakim now is out of the picture. At the time, the servants of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came up against Jerusalem, and the city was besieged. Now this is the second invasion of Babylon that was in 597 B.C., um, and this happened during the reign of Jehoiakim. Jerusalem was put under siege. The temple and the king's palace were robbed. The majority of the leaders, including the king, were led captives to Babylon. And so after the king was removed, Jehoiakim was removed and sent to Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar set another king um, over uh, Judah. And the name of this king was Zedekiah. Okay? And this Zedekiah is the last king of the line of Judah. Okay, remember Israel already has been vanished long ago, and the last king in the line of Judah is Zedekiah. He was one of Josiah's sons. So he found one of Josiah's sons, and he made him to be the king. Um, but the Jews did not recognize him to be king because he was selected by the enemy. He was selected by Nebuchadnezzar, as opposed to being selected by their own people. And so the people can kept considering Jehoiakim, even though he was in exile, they kept considering him to be the legitimate king and not Zedekiah. And Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came against the city as his servants were besieging it. Then Jehoiakim, king of Judah, his mother, his servants, his princes, and his officers went out to the king of Babylon, and the king of Babylon in the eighth year of his reign took him prisoner. Okay, so this is reiterating again that Jehoiakim was taken captive. Um, Ezekiel the prophet was also one of the people taken captive. Again, this is like the contemporary prophets at this time. Ezekiel the prophet in Jeremiah 22, uh, he prophesied. He said, 
The wind shall eat up all your rulers, and your lovers shall go into captivity. Surely then you will be ashamed and humiliated for all your wickedness. When Jeremiah is continuing to, to preach and prophesy to the people, telling them, unless you repent, what is going to happen is everyone is going to be taken. The, 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 the people of Judah did not want to believe that this was actually going to happen because they looked back at their history and they said, God has always protected us from our enemies, even when we were sinners, even when we didn't follow him, he always protected us. So we didn't want, they didn't want to believe the idea that God would allow them to be taken captive, that Jerusalem would be destroyed, that the temple would be destroyed. They consider themselves again to be a chosen people by virtue of who they were. And this is a problem that existed among the Jewish people all the way through the New Testament because the Pharisees, they rejected Christ and their, their reasoning was that God accepts us as his children no matter what we do. They said we are the children of Abraham. And do you remember what Christ said? Um, or was it St. John the Baptist when he, they said, um, uh, uh, when they said we are the children of Abraham? He said what? He said I can raise children of Abraham from these stones. Right? Like, like don't be so proud of yourself because you are the lineage uh, of Abraham. But the people who are the children of God are not those just of the nation of the, of the Jews, but actually it was speaking about how all of the Gentiles were called to be the people of God and not the Jews alone. So the, the idea in the mind of the people that nothing we do is ever going to get us to be in trouble, nothing we do is actually going to get us to be destroyed, this was false. And it tells us that like God is patient with us and he has mercy on us, but there is a time that comes, a time of judgment, where God's mercy ends right? This is the, the judgment day. The judgment day, there's no more opportunity for repentance. And in a spiritual sense, because um, the nation of Israel represents, in a spiritual sense, the human soul, right? The human soul who continues to sin against God without repentance after repeated warnings, then this is like the judgment, right? The judgment is coming upon them. And, and that day when the judgment comes, nothing will save them from the judgment. And he carried out from there all the treasures of the house of the Lord and the treasures of the king's house. And he cut in pieces all the articles of gold which Solomon, king of Israel, had made in the temple of the Lord, as the Lord had said. So it's likely that in the first invasion uh, by the Babylonians, they carried away all of the, like, the small articles of the temple, the lightweight things. Whereas in this one, they cut them all the remaining large pieces of gold and silver and on all the, the things that had been dedicated to the temple that still remain in the temple. They cut them into pieces and they carried them all back to Babylon. Yeah. The in the genealogy of Christ, um, it's all kings until Josiah. And then it says Josiah begot Jeconiah. Is that Jeconiah? Um, yes, a that's the name? same. It's yes, the same. It's the same, I believe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then Jeconiah begot Shealtiel. That's not so. That Jeconiah would be Jehoiakim. Yeah. And then Shealtiel. Where are you reading? In uh, Matthew one. I'm just wondering where, um, if if the line of Christ's because up until now, the line of Christ is all the kings. But I was wondering if they kind of, this is where they start to deviate. Right? Because after Jeconiah, who is Jehoiakim. Yeah, so at this point, um, no, this is this is not following the lines of the kings anymore. Right. Yeah, yeah okay. because here at the, Jeconiah, I believe, yes, is Koniah, which is Jehoiakim. 
But then after this point, it begins to deviate. Yes, because the kings, the line of the kings ended. Yes. Right. So, so Zedekiah was not considered to be a legitimate king by the people because he was chosen by Nebuchadnezzar. Right. So the king that came after Jehoiakim is uh, not considered to be uh, a legitimate king. And I guess and, and Jehoiakim is Jeconiah. I believe that is Je Jeconiah. But Jeconiah, the, the prophecy in Jeremiah says that you shall be childless. That's why I started looking at this. Um, so uh, it says, Josiah begot Jeconiah and his brothers about the time they were carried away to Babylon. After they were brought to Babylon, Jeconiah begot Shelatiel. So Josiah son of Jehoiakim, right? Not Kin. So then. Yeah, so maybe this is a different one because he's not a son but but, it, but sometimes when it says begot doesn't necessarily mean that he's a direct uh, ancestor yeah yeah. yeah yeah i would have to research it a little bit more to tell you for sure but off the cuff that's what i would say <laughs> <laughs> okay also he carried into captivity all jerusalem all the captains and all the mighty men of valor, 10,000 captains and all the craftsmen and smiths, none remained except the poorest people of the land. Okay. So the tribes that made up the southern kingdom, Judah and Benjamin, they were led captive uh, in the final invasion in 586 BC. Okay. Um, and the way that the Babylonians dealt with them, their conquering of other nations was very different than the Assyrians. So if you remember, what is it that the Assyrians would do? And what is it that they did with the northern kingdom after they conquered Israel? What did they do? Yeah, so they took away the majority of the people who were there, and they brought people from the other nationalities under their rule to be there to kind of like quell any rebellion that might happen. That's what the Assyrians did. Okay, What is it that the Babylonians did? The Babylonians, they said, we want to take the best people of the land and those are going to be the people who are going to benefit us in Babylon this is why when we read in the book of Daniel like they took Daniel and his three friends and they were like 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 the highest caliber of people and then they trained them more for three years um, and and they they prepared them because they were wanting to get like the best of every nation so that they would benefit the kingdom of Babylon so they took away the greats the great people the, the leaders the craftsmen the smiths and who is it that they left behind they left the poorest people right the poorest people who they felt like these are not going to be valuable to us. Um, and then um, they would choose rulers to govern um, locally the people. Okay. Um, also, the Babylonians, when they took the people uh, captive, they allowed them to live together okay, and actually to integrate and become part of society of Babylon. This is why we see that Daniel and the others had some liberty while they were um, in, in Babylon and they were allowed to have high positions on high ranks. Right, because the Babylonians allowed people from other nations to integrate with their society and to achieve such things. And he carried Jehoiakim captive to Babylon. The king's mother, the king's wives, his officers, and the mighty of the land he carried into captivity from Jerusalem to Babylon. All the valiant men, 7,000, and craftsmen and smiths, 1,000, all who were strong and fit for war, these the king of Babylon brought captive to Babylon. Then the king of Babylon made Mataniah, Jehoiakim's uncle, king in his place, and changed his name to Zedekiah. Okay, so 
Jehoiakim's uncle, this is the, the King Zedekiah that I was mentioning, the one who was made king and was not accepted by the people. Um, his name was originally Mataniah. He was the uncle of Jehoiakim, and he uh, changed his name to Zedekiah. Uh, and as I said, he was a son of Josiah. Um, Zedekiah was 21 years old when he became king, and he reigned 11 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Hamatul, the daughter of Jeremiah of Libna. Okay? Jeremiah actually, he prophesied uh, to Zedekiah and his mother. Zedekiah and his mother who are now rulers, um, who are essentially ruling over the poorest of the people who remained, the remnant of the people that remained in Judah after everyone else was taken. Um, uh, he said, say to the king and to the queen mother, humble yourselves, sit down, for your rule shall collapse the crown of your glory. The cities of the south shall be shut up and no one shall open them. Judah shall be carried away captive, all of it, it shall be wholly carried away captive. So that already, the invasion had already begun, and in the time of Zedekiah, the, 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 the captivity had not yet been completely finished, but Jeremiah the prophet is prophesying to them, saying, your rule is going to collapse. You're not going to have a kingdom to rule after this. He also did evil in the sight of the Lord, according to all that Jehoiakim had done. We read about him in Second Chronicles 36. It says, he did evil in the sight of the Lord and did not humble himself before Jeremiah the prophet who spoke from the mouth of the Lord. Um, you know, so he would, he would inquire of Jeremiah, but then when Jeremiah would tell him whatever the word of God, he would not listen to it. For because of the anger of the Lord, this has happened. This happened in Jerusalem and Judah, that he finally cast them out from his presence. Then Zedekiah rebelled against the king of Babylon. Okay, so at this point, like Zedekiah, who had been uh, a, a puppet king, um, he is now rebelling against Babylon, thinking that he can, you know, <laughs> be, a, be, be a king and, and rule over Israel. Now it came to pass in the ninth year of his reign, in the tenth month, on the tenth day of the month, that Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and all his army came against Jerusalem and encamped against it, and they built a siege wall against it all around. Okay? Um, so this is the final invasion now uh, of Babylon. So the city was besieged, or sorry, of, uh, of Judah. So the city was besieged until the 11th year of King Zedekiah. By the ninth day of the fourth month, the famine had become so severe in the city that there was no food for the people of the land. Then the city wall was broken through, and all the men of war fled at night by way of the gate between two walls, which was uh, by the king's garden, even though the Chaldeans were still encamped all around against the city, and the king went by way of the plain. So King Zedekiah, during this battle, where they are besieging the city and the city wall was broken, the king is going to try to escape. But the army of the Chaldeans pursued the king, and they overtook him in the plains of Jericho. All his army was scattered from him. So they took the king and brought him up to the king of Babylon at Riblah, and they pronounced judgment on him. Then they killed the sons of Zedekiah before his eyes, put out the eyes of Zedekiah, bound him with bronze fetters, and took him to Babylon. It's a very like cruel and, and, and painful end. Um, Riblah, the place where they took him, is in Syria, and this is like the official military headquarters of Babylon at the time. Um, Zedekiah was taken blind to Babylon, where he spent the rest of his life, and he died in Babylon. And this was the end of the reign of all of the kings of Judah. He was considered the last of the kings. And Jeremiah, again, had warned Zedekiah about trying to defeat Nebuchadnezzar. He told him, do not rebel against him. And this was one of the most uh, 
unpopular things that Jeremiah would tell the people is don't fight. Just give in. Just surrender. Because you cannot win. God has already decided that we will be taken captive. Don't fight against the Babylonians. Okay? And so Jeremiah had said this in chapter 27. He said, I also spoke to Zedekiah, king of Judah, according to all these words, saying, Bring your necks under the yoke of the king of Babylon and serve him and his people and live. While you die, you and your people, by the sword, by the famine, and by the pestilence, as the Lord has spoken against the nation that will not serve the king of Babylon. Therefore do not listen to the words of the prophets who speak to you, saying, You shall not serve the king of Babylon, for they prophesy a lie to you. For I have not sent them, says the Lord. Yet they prophesy a lie in my name, that I may drive you out, and that you may perish, you and the prophets who prophesy to you. So there was all of these false prophets who, when the words of the truth are very unpopular, the words of the false prophets become very attractive, right? The people wanted to hear and believe the idea that, no, actually, we are going to have victory over Babylon, and we should fight. That's what the people wanted to know, to believe. But Jeremiah, being the true prophet of God, said, no. He said, don't listen to these other prophets. These other prophets are lying to you. And so this is why, because Jeremiah essentially was saying um, not to fight the enemy, he was seen as a traitor. Um, and Zedekiah put him in prison um, because of all of his prophecies. And in the fifth month, on the seventh day of the month, which was the 19th year of King Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, this is the captain of the guard of Nebuchadnezzar, a servant of the king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem. He burned the house of the Lord, the king's house, all the houses of Jerusalem, that is, all the houses of the great he burned with fire. And all the army of the Chaldeans who were with the captain of the guard broke down the walls of Jerusalem all around. Then Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, carried away captive the rest of the people who remained in the city and the defectors who had deserted to the king of Babylon with the rest of the multitude. But the captain of the guard left some of the poor of the land as vine dressers and farmers. As I said, their policy was to leave the poor be people behind. The bronze pillars that were in the house of the Lord and the carts and the bronze sea that were in the house of the, Lord's, the, uh, the Lord, the Chaldeans broke in pieces and carried their bronze to Babylon. They also took away the pots, the shovels, the trimmers, the spoons, and all the bronze utensils with which the priests ministered. The fire pans and the basins, the things of solid gold and solid silver, the captain of the guard took away. The two pillars, one sea and the carts which Solomon had made for the house of the Lord, the bronze of all these articles was beyond measure. The height of one pillar was 18 cubits, and the capital on it was of bronze. The height of the capital was three cubits, and the network and pomegranates all around the capital were, were all of bronze. The second pillar was the same with the network. And the captain of the guard took Sariah the chief priest, Zephaniah the second priest, and the three doorkeepers. He also took out of the city an officer who had charge of the men of war, five men of the king's close associates who were found in the city, the chief recruiting officer of the army who mustered the people of the land, and 60 men of the people of the land who were found in the city. So Nebuzaradan, captain of the guard, took these and brought them to the king of Babylon at Riblah. Then the king of Babylon struck them and put them to death at Riblah and the land of Hamath, thus Judah was carried away captive from its own land. Then he made Gedaliah, the son of ah Ahikam, the son of Shaphan, governor over the people who remained in the land of Judah, whom Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, had left. Do you remember who Ahikam is? We heard of Ahikam before.
So in the time of King Josiah, after they found the book of the law and the temple, what did Josiah do? He sent Ahikam as one of five people to a prophetess. Do you remember the name of the prophetess? Huldah. Huldah the prophetess. To inquire about the words of the book of the law, right, that had been discovered in the house of the Lord. So the son of Ahikam, his name was Gedaliah. Okay? And Gedaliah was made by Nebuchadnezzar to be the governor over the people who remained. Okay, so the, 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 he, he kept someone who was a Hebrew in power as a governor, but of course he had no power. Like everything had been destroyed, all the people that left were just like the poor peasant people. There was no army, there was no power for anyone to rebel against him. Okay, he just wanted to maintain order among those people. Okay, um, and uh, also Jeremiah, like after the captivity had happened, after all of the people were taken, Jeremiah was not taken. Jeremiah was not taken captive. Um, he was actually set free from, pr from prison, and he was allowed to dwell with Gedaliah, who remained in Judah. Yes. Uh, which uh, verse is this? Um, uh, 18. 18. Uh, the question is, is, is this Zephaniah the prophet? Yeah. No. No, this is a different person. Okay. Yeah. So this was a priest, not a prophet. Okay. Zephaniah the priest. It can be both. It's very different. Now when all the captains of the armies, they and their men, heard that the king of Babylon had made Gedaliah governor, they came to Gedaliah at Mizpah. Ishmael, the son of Nathaniah, Jehohan, the son of Kariah, Sariah, the son of Tenhumeth, and Net the Netophathite, and Jezaniah, the son of the son of Amakathite, they and their men. And Gedaliah took an oath before them and their men and said to them, Do not be afraid of the servants of the Chaldeans. Dwell in the land and serve the king of Babylon, and it shall be well with you. So he's, Gedaliah is, yeah, again, he doesn't have anything. Um, all he can say is just keep the peace. Just serve the king. We are now not a free nation. Um, we cannot um, practice our religion as we were. We don't have the temple. We don't have the priests. We don't have anything. But it happened in the seventh month that Ishmael, the son of Nathaniah, the son of Elishama, of the royal family, came with ten men and struck and killed Gedaliah the Jews, as well as the Chaldeans who were with him at Mizpah. Because the people of the royal family, they are like, well, we are the rightful rulers. Why are you going to be the ruler? He was just uh, a man who was appointed by Nebuchadnezzar. And there still, even at this time, there was resistance to the idea that now we are powerless right like even if you fast forward to the new testament you could still see among the jewish people the same feeling it's like now we are a province of rome like we are not our own people and they rejected the roman rule and they rejected paying taxes to the romans the romans and they longed for the coming of the messiah to liberate them from the roman rule the idea is that israel had always had its own it was its own nation and it was a mighty nation and they were used to this right and the idea that now they are subjugated and brought to desolation like they are, this isn't something that they're, they're able to accept, right? It's very difficult to accept. So this man, Gedaliah, who was made the governor, he was assassinated by those people in the royal family. 
And all the people, small and great, and the captains of the armies rose and went to Egypt, for they were afraid of the Chaldeans. Because now, the Chaldeans is like another name for the Babylonians. So now that the, 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 they, they killed the governor, whom the Babylonians had set up, so all of the people are now afraid that there's going to be retribution, right? For as you killed the captain, the, the governor that had been set uh, as governor by the, the ruling nation, the Babylonians, right? So they expected that the king of Babylon is going to avenge the death of Gedaliah and the other Babylonians, because they killed other Babylonians too. So they, they thought that he, they, they're going to run, right? We, they were afraid. They went to Egypt. They were afraid of the Babylonians. Now it came to pass... And the 37th year of the captivity of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, and the 12th month, on the 27th day of the month, that evil Merodach, king of Babylon, in the year that he began to reign, released Jehoiakim, king of Judah, from prison. Okay, who is this evil Merodach? It's a very fortunate name if you name your son evil Merodach. <laughs> but he is the son of Nebuchadnezzar, and he succeeded Nebuchadnezzar for a short time from 562 to 560 BC, very short. Um, Jehoiakim had been in prison now for 37 years. Okay? So, um, like, again, when it says it came to pass in the 37th year of the captivity of Jehoiakim, right? 37 years, he was in prison in Babylon. How many years were the people, was the captivity? How many years? 70 years. Okay? He was there for 37 years. And at that time, uh, evil Merodach, well, the son of Nebuchadnezzar, who was now the king at the time, he released him uh, from, from prison. Okay? Prison in Babylon. He spoke kindly to him and gave him a more prominent seat than those of the kings who were with him in Babylon. So Jehoiakim changed from his prison garments, and he ate bread regularly before the king all the days of his life. And as for his provisions, there was a regular ration given him by the king, a portion for each day all the days of his life. Okay. Um, eventually this king, evil Merodach, he was deposed and killed by his brother-in-law, whose name was Nerglesar, and he took the throne from him after, after him. And this is the end of the book of Second Kings. Um, and the end of the line of Israel, the end of the line of Judah. And then that's why many of the remaining books of the Old Testament, um, so so First and Second Chronicles recount a lot of the same events, um, but from different perspective as what we've read in First and Second Kings, um, with some additional details in some places. In some cases, they're skipping over a few things. So it's kind of like recounting the same, the same time period, the same things. Um, then you have all of the books that talk about the various people who were in captivity, whether it's the book of Esther or the book of Ruth um, or the book of Daniel or the book of Nehemiah um, or Ezra or the different things that happened. Then you have all the prophetic books, some of the prophets during the time before the captivity, sometimes uh, after the captivity, sometimes in Assyria, sometimes in um, uh, Babylon. Um, so that's kind of the rest of the Old Testament is um, this is all like this is like the end of the, all the historical books. Uh, everything else is now uh, like speaking about certain certain pro prophets that lived in different places. Okay. Any final questions about this? Yes. Is it Joachim or Zedekiah? Well, so I mean, there was three phases of it. 
Okay. So different people were taken at different times. Okay, so so Daniel was taken in the first invasion. Mm -hmm. So there wasn't like one day you can say this is when the captivity started because it was a process. Okay. Yeah, but I believe the 70 years, I believe the 70 years is counting from the 586 BC, which is the end of the process of captivity. Which is the guy. Yes, the yes, the final invasion. Okay. Yeah. The second question, who ruled over Judah between, like during these seven years until they came back with uh, Ezra and Zerubbabel? I mean, there was these local, just like Gedaliah, right? Like there would be these local rulers. Right. Um, I'm sure in the historical, maybe in the historical um, uh, like record, there's certain names or maybe archaeological records that show like certain names or maybe some of the historians, like ancient historians, um, like, uh, uh, his name escapes me now. What is that famous Jewish historian? Josephus. Yes, Josephus. He mentions a lot of these time periods and names and people, um, but I'm not, I'm not, I don't, I, I'm not familiar with who, really. Yeah. Any other questions? Okay, you can pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. We thank you, O Lord, for this day. We ask for your blessing for everything, O Lord, that you grant to us. Grant us your patience. Grant us your mercy. Grant us, O Lord, to be one in heart and mind with you. And help us, O Lord, to learn all of these lessons from the books of the Old Testament. And how, O Lord, you were patient with your people for so long. And yet there was a day where your, patient your patience ran out. We thank you, O Lord, because you grant us an opportunity for repentance and to live the life you have called us for. We ask, O oh God, that you grant us to accept this life and to fill us, O oh Lord, with your mercy and your grace and to live a life that is pleasing to you. Through the prayers of St. Mary, Archangel Michael, St. Paul, St. Mark, and all your saints, hear us as we pray thankfully. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In Christ Jesus our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The love of God the Father, the grace of the only begotten Son, our Lord God and Savior Jesus Christ, the community, the gift of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Go in peace, the peace of the Lord be with you all. Amen.